Welcome to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast, where we provide revolutionary training materials to individuals, healing practitioners, leaders, and influencers globally. Your kingdom destiny awaits, and it all begins with a mindset. Well, hello and welcome to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast. My name is Dr. Jessica Rothmeyer, and in today's episode, I want to talk to you about the difference between trying to discern good versus evil, lies versus truth, through divine power, rather than trying to reason with your rational mind, which is what we've been taught by the world, that it is through being self-aware that you will experience change or transformation in life. But one of the greatest spiritual revelations of my career as a mental health professional was learning and then teaching my clients how to operate in divine power, the power of the resurrection that resides on the inside of every born-again believer, rather than functioning from a place of striving in human effort. This process begins in the mind and along with the many other things that we discuss during this season— You must recognize your natural human tendency to strive to survive and reject the teachings of this world, to detox your mind from the false, ungodly beliefs, even those that you may have learned from other Christians or your pastor. We are living in a time and in an era where learning to divide the word of God rightly and apply it to our lives will literally be the making or breaking of our eternal destiny. We must learn to live from a kingdom perspective in order to walk in victory. And this world becomes more and more confusing and manipulating, downright deceiving, even within the church each and every day. The detoxification process of learning to view your life and your thoughts, emotions, and current circumstances through a biblical lens is yours and your family's only chance for survival. You might be thinking that I'm sounding a bit dramatic right now, but I assure you, this is the truth. We are living in what scripture refers to as the last days or the latter days, and God warns that evil influence on the earth will increase, and being deceived will be harder and harder to avoid. The tricky thing about a spirit of deception is that you do not know you are being deceived. You might be fully convinced you are thinking rightly and living a holy or godly lifestyle when you are actually not. Somewhere along the way, you became deceived, and you are now living under that oppression. It happens to the best of us, because Satan wants nothing more than to steal people's hope, destroy their relationships, and deter them from their heavenly assignments. As scary as that might sound, to not know that you are being deceived, do not fear or worry, because God knows the battle that you are in, and He has equipped each one of His beloved children for victory. Many years ago, now the Holy Spirit highlighted something for me as I was asking God for more revelation about the mind and how to help my clients experience freedom and healing in their lives. And it began with 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. Now, I had read, heard, and had these verses quoted to me many times about the importance of taking our thoughts captive, of learning to discern godly truth, and then to take control of those ungodly thoughts, feelings, or beliefs that were causing me turmoil in my life. 
But as a person who struggled with perfectionism and anxiety for most of her life, who went to school to become a counselor to try to find a way to heal myself, and then to help others like me, I was often annoyed at how flippantly these verses seemed to be spoken to me. Just take those thoughts captive. You need to take your thoughts captive and cast your anxieties onto the Lord. Now, I was a believer with what I thought was strong and fairly mature faith. So why did this bother me so much? Well, it was because I had quoted these verses to myself often. I had prayed them aloud and commanded the evil thoughts and feelings to flee and to be arrested, as these verses suggest. But I found myself frustrated with how I continued to struggle in my mind. And what I discovered was that over time, I began to blame myself for not believing enough, for having some sin that prevented me from being healed, or perhaps I was living in disobedience. Yet, I couldn't tell you what that would have been, what sin could circumvent my authority to make the evil and ungodly thoughts and feelings go away, as I knew they should, according to many different verses I had studied about the mind. So, as I was lamenting with God one day, yes, people still lament, this is not just an Old Testament behavior, I asked the Lord, what am I missing? How many of you know it is crucial in your relationship with the Lord to ask questions and then wait and listen for his voice? I only wish I had known this was a legal spiritual action far earlier in my Christian walk. So, as I learned more about how to cultivate intimacy with God, how to truly abide in and with him, I learned that questions are vital just as they are in our human relationships. How do you learn more about someone and truly connect to them, bond in fact, without asking them questions to genuinely hear their heart and understand who they really are? This is the relationship Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit desire to have with us. So, back to my lamenting, I was all out crying in desperation for how so many of my clients, and frankly myself at times, continue to struggle with taking our thoughts captive, to live in freedom in the mind and in our souls overall. And this is the incredible key to supernatural insight and divine healing that the Holy Spirit revealed to me. And it required me to read and study in depth the words of 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So let me share with you a little bit of what I discovered. First, we must put these verses into historical context. Although the stories and instruction of the Bible are meant to teach us something that still applies today, it's very important that we understand the original intent so that the Holy Spirit can help us see it through our current lenses, to then discern exactly how to apply it to our lives today. 
In these verses, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and this city was known for its loudmouth and arrogant philosophers, those who thought they were highly intelligent and could reason and explain the deeper things of life, trying to explain away any need for a Christian God. Sound familiar? I think it's pretty similar to what we are facing in our world today. From the world itself trying to deny that humans have a spiritual core, that which is hungry, desperate actually, to have an authentic and surrendered connection to their one true creator, to the many false religions that lead people astray, enticing them with spirituality, just the wrong kind, that of evil origin. They have been deceived, often with a promise of peace, some sort of earthly reward, or, for many, the fear of never really knowing if their God loves them or is pleased with them. So they toil and pray and beg, living a life full of anxiety under a God, or many gods, which they believe they must constantly strive to appease. So, with this context in mind, Paul warns that although we live in the world, we must not wage war, and he is referring to the mind, our thoughts, belief systems, our feelings, which are directed by our thinking, and then our outward actions. Similar to his instructions in Ephesians 6, the armor of God, Paul reminds us that once you are born again, that you have submitted your life to Jesus, you are now equipped with spiritual weapons. And it is with these that we must fight, because we are not fighting against flesh and blood, rather against the evil powers and forces in the spiritual realm. So here was my first aha moment, a reminder that when someone was quoting just a couple words from this very deep, very profound group of verses to take your thoughts captive, that this was not just another therapeutic intervention or counseling suggestion. This is about a war that is happening every day in the spiritual realm over the minds, emotions, wills, and intentions of God's beloved children, of his chosen ones, his royal priesthood, a holy and set-apart nation. This should be common knowledge and taught at the introductory level of every new Christian spiritual journey. This reality is the difference between life or death, torment or victory, salvation, or those who fall away from their faith. So let's continue. The first part of verse 4 says that the weapons we must use to fight are not of this world. They are not our human intellect or reason. They are not gitchy coping skills or calming techniques. No, we must shift our mindset to what Paul is trying to express. We must always, and I mean always, operate from a spiritual perspective, and that includes, that is especially pertaining to our minds. So the verse goes on to say, how do we take down these demonic strongholds? It is by divine power. What? Not by my will? Not by extended fasting and prayer? Not by years of therapy? No. The key to finding lasting healing and freedom in your mind is by divine power, the power of the resurrection that already exists on the inside of you, the power that accompanies the presence of the Holy Spirit in you, the power that has nothing 
to do with your level of striving, human effort, your past sins, or how much you lament. No, divine power is a gift that is reserved for the faithful few, those that are in intimate relationship with Jesus and thereby carry his power, his authority over evil, because of his triumph over sin and death on the cross. If you have never heard this revelation before, is it blowing your mind? I was so relieved and yet a little frustrated with myself that I had never taken the time to truly unpack these verses until, of course, I asked the Holy Spirit to do so for me. He is so willing to be our teacher and our guide if we only ask him. So no, don't just take your thoughts captive. Don't even try because that would be of your flesh. And our war is not of the flesh. We do not war like the world. We must war in the spirit with the spiritual weapons God so graciously gave us with his divine power. Then we continue reading and see that through divine power as our weapon, that we demolish, not subdue or keep at bay, but demolish the evil strongholds that try to deceive people, worldly arguments that try to explain away or argue against the knowledge of who God really is, of his saving grace through Jesus. Divine power has the ability to destroy every lofty human intellect with the truth of God's love, which he desires to share with all people. It is then, and only then, that we can take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That we are not influenced, hoodwinked, or deceived by the world or by false religions. And we are able to see clearly through a biblical lens. That through divine power rising up on the inside of us, we can experience a renewed mind. That our thoughts, feelings, and actions are brought under the alignment and authority of the Spirit of God within us. That it is truly the divine power that is taking the thoughts, worldly arguments, and belief systems into captivity and under arrest. For what power do we possess on our own? None. Which is why so many Christians continue to struggle and often feel defeated in their minds and emotions. When we view these verses through the lens of divine power, how different do they sound to you now? After I received this revelation, which was about five years into my counseling career, it dramatically changed how I taught my clients to have victory in their minds. It was the beginning of a 20-year journey with the Holy Spirit and teaching others how to live their lives from a biblical kingdom mindset to be aware of the spiritual battle for their souls, and to help people know they are already set up for success by a good and faithful Father who knew in advance every struggle we would face, every demonic assignment that was ordered for our lives, that through learning to view your life from a spiritual perspective and to not waste the weapons of warfare given to us by Jesus through his precious sacrifice— it was not just for our salvation that Jesus died and rose again, rather that we might rise up and become an army, his army, that we might live in freedom, 
bring healing to others and demonstrate his glory here on the earth through victory over the evil spiritual realm. I wanted to set a foundation in today's episode for understanding our need for divine power, especially in relationship to having healing, freedom, and victory in our minds. But there is more to know. Because for me, I never want to stop with just insight or good theory. Life transformation happens when we can practically apply the Word of God to our lives. So, join me next week for the keys to using divine power to heal your mind. If you would like to get a head start, you can take my online course, Healing the Wounds of the Soul, where I give you both this teaching and more with a downloadable PDF for the practical steps to applying divine power in your life. I will include the link in today's show notes. So until next time, be blessed in your mind and in your spirit. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today's teaching, I would invite you to subscribe to the show and share it with others to bring healing and transformation to the lives of those around you.